Hey guys, this is Zach from the Anti-Heroes Podcast, and I want to welcome our newest sponsor to the show, DistroKid. DistroKid helps musicians get their music on all the major streaming platforms, and artists keep 100% of their royalties. Can you believe that? Anti-Heroes listeners get 30% off at distrokid.com slash VIP slash anti-heroes. Again, that's distrokid.com slash VIP slash anti-heroes. Thank you so much and support all the folks at DistroKid because they're they're doing amazing work and we couldn't be happier to have them on board. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors over at Jim Dunlop and MXR Pedals. We couldn't be luckier to have these guys on board with us. I personally use these products and you should too. Find out more about them at jimdunlop.com. Let's get on to the podcast. I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors over at Jim Dunlop and MXR Pedals. We couldn't be luckier to have these guys on board with us. I personally use these products, and you should too. Find out more about them at jimdunlop.com. Let's get on to the podcast. Good evening, good morning, and welcome to the Anti-Heroes Podcast with your host, Zach Blair. I am Zach Blair. How are you guys doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Let's get into our episode today. We have Eva Walker from the band The Black Tones. The Black Tones are from Seattle. They're about to go on their first national tour with me first in the Gimme Gimme's and Surfboard. That's a whole bunch of good people and those bands, man. And that's going to be a great, fantastic tour. So go, go check that out. If you haven't heard from the Black Tones uh, or of the Black Tones, they're a fairly new band. You'll hear all of this, but uh, it's Eva and her brother plays drums. Her husband plays bass. Her mother sings backup vocals. Are you kidding me, folks? This is amazing. Uh, and Eva is the exact guest that I want on this podcast. These are people that are doing interesting things and the guitar world maybe not getting enough recognition for it, or at least I don't think they are. It's definitely the case here. We talk about how another black female told her that black people don't play guitar, and she responded to that. And boy, did she ever. And uh, you can do some research. Check them out for yourself, folks. I think you'll love them. Maybe go see them play. You'll hear about the tour. You'll hear about Eva. You'll hear about the black tones. Just check them out for yourself. I'll shut up. It's time for you to now meet Eva Walker from the band The Black Tones. Hi. 
Why? Is it Eva or Ava? It's Eva. Eva like evil, but Eva. Evil. Okay, yeah, I like my that. My nickname is Evil Eva, which some evil people Eva. think is negative. I think it's really cute. So I think it's super cool. <laughs> I think it's. I don't even think it's cute. I think it's super badass. <laughs> I used to like. People used to say Eva Knieva because like evil Knievel. So, yeah. <laughs> which is really badass. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, hi. It's good Hello. to meet you. You know, I, you and I had never met, and and honestly, um, I was not familiar with the band until Joseph Plummer, uh, our producer here, and also the host of the Tour Stories podcast, um, and the uh, drummer extraordinaire, Mr. Joseph Plummer, uh, put you guys on my radar. And then I started researching. I was like, oh, this is amazing, and and this this person is great, and uh, wanted to talk to you. Oh, and by the way, for those who don't know, uh, my guest is Eva Walker. Uh, Eva has a band called the Black Tones. And you guys are about to go on tour with me first in the Gimme Gimme's and with Surfboard, who are some of my very, very close friends. Dude, this is our first national tour. And this is the longest I've ever been gone from oh, home wow. ever. I mean, we've taken family vacations, but I've never been gone for five weeks for any reason. <laughs> That's one of those be careful what you wish for things with touring. You know, I remember... Uh, you know, I, I've been doing this my whole natural adult life. And I remember that when, you know, you actually get an itinerary and it's something like that, you're staring down the barrel of being gone this, you know, a very large amount of time. I used to liken it to where you would leave and then you would come home and there was a building there that wasn't there when you left. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's like a, it's like a receipt yeah. that you were <laughs> fucking gone for a long time. Yeah. And it's it's a it's an interesting thing because you 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 start having respect for every band, you know. I, I found myself never saying that any band sucked after that. No matter if I like their music or not, I never said, "Oh, they suck," because yeah. it's like, man, this is work, just like anything else. The shit's hard, um, and if you're able to go and do it and consistently do it and keep doing it, well, it's. It's 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 a feat, you know. It's something to be admired. Absolutely, and it was one of those things where I was like, "This is really long," but. I mean, we got to do this at least one time. We got to experience it. I of mean, course. of course, I hope there's more, but we have to experience it. Like, I don't want to like be on my deathbed. I'm like, damn, I should have tried that five week tour. Oh, I'm I'm so stoked damn. for you. I'm so it's inspiring. You know, it's as you guys are a great band, and I think everybody should see Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you bet. But also, it's like you're you're on this precipice of your entire career, which you know. I, I don't know you, but I would imagine this is something that you've really wanted to do with your life and that this is the the sort of uh, all your hard work is paid off. You've got this offering. You're going to go do it. It becomes addictive. It becomes – this is unsolicited uh, advice. Which I you want know, it. Give not, it to okay. me, please. <laughs> it's, it's like – it's like getting a tattoo. You know how you're getting a tattoo. I don't know if you have tattoos, but if you have – I do. Well, like, they yeah. hurt. Yeah, yeah, they hurt and you're like <laughs> – and then you're like, okay, and while you're getting it, like, oh, I never want to do this again. <laughs> and then you really can't wait to do it again. It's like that. It's it becomes that thing where it's this is almost a blessing and a curse because you get home and the only thing you want to do while you're out there is you want to get home. And then you get home, and I mean within a day or two, you just start like really desiring to be back. Wow. You know, your body starts wanting to be on stage at nine or 10 every night you were supposed to be, you know, yeah, your wow. sleep patterns. Get, it's a real weird thing. You start, uh, it's kind of a damned if you do damned, if you don't thing. It's, and, it, yeah. and it happens and it's happened for me my entire life. Yeah. You know? What's the longest you've been out at one time? Three months. It sucks. 
<laughs> back to back, like yeah, just gone. Wow, just gone. And that was with Guar. I was in Guar, and that oh, was wow. three months of Guar show. So I was wearing a sixty pound fucking yeah. rubber, <laughs> rubber monster costume. Yeah. Too. <laughs> wow, that's when it's. Even for a guy like me that's been doing this all life, it's like three months is a fucking long time. <laughs> yeah, that's so you know, long. Wow. That's a long time. That's a long time. Um, I would take it that you guys are friends in your band, pretty close. Oh, man. What's even better is we're mostly family. So oh. my twin brother is the drummer. I taught him drums years ago when we started the band together. And, I did not um, know that. My mom retired is a retired educator, and I have her do backup vocals just so no she way. has a blast. She loves it. And so then she's my going husband, on tour. Oh yeah, I'm taking her. I I'm very like I'm very protective of her right. and very close to her. That I'm like you're not gonna be at home by yourself for five weeks. Like we already live like seven minutes from each other. I'm like right. I'm not leaving you for five weeks. That's crazy. You're coming with us. Um, and then my husband sits in on bass. Uh, sometimes but also we have another bass player who who's the only one not related but my mom has like claimed him as her her other son so we're all pretty much family so that's who's doing the tour no one else Mm-mm. oh my god it's pretty much a family thing which i love i, I love that too dude, i grew up in a house with like seven people three bedrooms and like one bathroom like i grew up sharing a room with my mom and my sister oh my like we God. were all like really close i'm a really big family person and we all ended up living together um because my dad was a bank robber and so my dad like had to go off to prison and then my mom had to move back in with her parents and it was like seven of us in one house and this like is- i was two years old when my dad was a bank robber so i didn't know what was going on but i my only like memories like growing up with my grandparents and my mom all of us really close and i was like that's normal for yeah. families right yeah. then i hear people later like you're close to your grandparents like what you <laughs> hang out with your mom what i'm like yeah don't you guys hang out with your mom on friday night and that's just yeah. me oh okay Okay, cool. <laughs> and and I mean, I kind of told my brother years ago that I wasn't sure if I could do something like this to this extent with just friends because I was really socially awkward and it was hard for me to like be relaxed around people. Yeah. Um, so it just happened to, you know, I started the band first with my brother. And so it's just kind of been really family oriented ever since. But I mean, now that I'm like 33 and like, you know, I, I can talk to people now. If we weren't in a band, like I probably could do it with friends, but I, I really like it with family. Yeah. <laughs> I really yeah. prefer it that way. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. I'm blown away. That's amazing. Well, that brings me to, to, I guess, my first question. How did you pick up guitar and start playing guitar in the first place? Yeah. So I had been wanting to play guitar for a while, but we, you know, we didn't have any around the house or anything. Uh, And I did the thing that now I realize a lot of people did where they put rubber bands on books and pretended that was a guitar. I did that whole thing. Um, I remember I thought it was so unique. I'm like, oh, everybody did that who couldn't afford guitars. (laughs) Um, But uh, it wasn't until I was in high school and like a teacher had a bunch of guitars in his room. And I was like, whoa, like, do you let students play these? And he was like, yeah. Do you want to take one home for the Thanksgiving break? I was like, yeah, wow. And so he packed one up for me. And then he told me, remember these numbers, 0530. 
I was like, all right. And then he explained, you know, the fretboard and all that, how that worked. And when I got home, I played 0530 on the E string and it was dum, 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 dum. So it was like the blues was like the first thing I learned on guitar. Right. And when I started teaching guitar, that was the first thing I would teach any student who was brand new to guitar. Genius. Genius. Um, which I was like, now you know like 5,000 songs. Right, right. It's true. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Yeah. Um, so that was like my first introduction to actually physically holding a guitar and I fell in love with it. Um, and high school was the time too, where I was getting into uh, classic rock music. Right. So I, right. my friends introduced me to music of like Led Zeppelin, which blew my freaking mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, I don't remember who got me hip to Jimi Hendrix or if that was just by accident, but that like changed my life because sure. before then I didn't see a lot of like black people rocking out on guitar. Like, you know, I heard, I saw like earth, wind and fire and like a lot of like stuff like that, <laughs> but like, I got like, like, rah, you yeah, know, like, like really making a bunch that. of feedback and yeah, right. all that stuff. And I was like, Whoa. Cause I remember in high school when I had my guitar, some kid on the bus was like, black people don't play guitar. And I thought she was right because, you know, when you grow up watching MTV and you don't like see that stuff a whole lot, you see Hendrix yeah. later or then, and then before that you saw like, you know, Lenny Kravitz maybe and um, sure. stuff like that. But I was like, damn, cause I really like this instrument and my race shouldn't have anything to do with it. White kid. No. Do you want to hear the sad thing about it? What's that? It was a black girl. Oh, no. But it's because she was like me and just didn't see it. Right. And I was like right. super embarrassed. But like the kids agreed, but she was like, we, what? And I was like, now I'm like, oh my God, we were, we just, we didn't see it. It wasn't, we didn't see this happening, but I was but, so embarrassed. But that's what's so genius about, I mean, not genius. It hates to put so many superlatives on the fact that you are just a person that wants to play guitar. Yeah. However, there is such a cultural um, uh, weight on you for being a female, a person of color, playing aggressive loud rock guitar music you know you're just a person at heart that just wants to play loud rock aggressive yeah. guitar music. but you are representing something that you know that that girl that told you that if she had seen you in the first place then she would never have said that and now exactly. you were going to be that for so many other girls i just think that's genius thank you it's for amazing. saying that yes Absolutely. yes Absolutely. and you know and it's the uh, truth when I, when I saw Jimi Hendrix, I was like, black people do play guitar. And then, <laughs> and then I was like, I'm doing it. Yay. So I did well, it. <laughs> that's what's so – also with, you know, the bad brains, they not uh, – you know, they and went – see, and, I didn't know about them. Yeah. I didn't know about them And the them bad yet. brains come along and they're the world's greatest hardcore band and it's four black guys and all the racist white skinheads and all that <laughs> shit are just like, oh, <laughs> fuck, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, uh, oh, if I made a skinhead mad doing this, I did something right. Oh, but see, oh, yeah, I exactly. wasn't hip to like uh, Living Color yet and like yeah. Bad Brains, and I wasn't hip to Fishbone yet either. Oh, and so Such it wasn't like thing. they weren't out there existing already, but I just, it, they weren't, there weren't as many. Therefore, mm -hmm. you know, there wasn't as much, rep I wasn't going to run into it very often. And I just, you know, I didn't see a lot of that stuff at all. And I got hip to it later. There was a great era in Renaissance of, of, of like black uh, rock guitars. It, it, and it was around the Living Color era. And I loved Living Color. Um, it was, there was a band called 24-7 Spies. There was a band called Follow For Now. And then there was a band called Lock Up, which was Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine, his first band. And they were all similar to that 
living color thing where they were doing metal and funk and you know hip hop and punk and hardcore music and it was all this amalgam of and it was such a great uh i don't know what happened to most of those bands i mean i know tom ended up in rage against the machine so he did that but but most of the bands were predominantly black guys that were just taking it back and just saying you know yeah black guys do play guitar and they do it like this and yeah you know what i mean yeah exactly and actually my first my first rock hero, because when I was younger, I was watching whatever my siblings were watching on MTV. My first like rock hero was Alanis Morissette. I just oh, thought yeah. she was like awesome. And I liked that she played harmonica and that she kind of yodeled sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like Jagged Little Pills, like my first like uh, record I bought with my own money. I bought yeah. on a cassette tape. And then like Hendrix came later. So then like, I had like first the female thing, then I had the black thing. And then in high school, I was just really into that whole British invasion thing. Like I love yeah. Zeppelin, uh, the stones. And it's like, who cares what color anyone, like those people made really great music. For sure. <laughs> and um, like I got really into Pink Floyd. My God, yeah, I got into too. Pink Floyd. Yeah. Um, and it was just like, I mean, consuming this stuff and just, and so, I mean, those were also, I was also glad they existed because they were a big influence on a lot of the music I make. And I love the Doors. Um, It's funny, the older I've gotten, the less Doors fans I'm meeting for some reason. And I don't like that. (laughs) Yeah, I I think you're right. It's a bit of an anomaly to be a Doors fan. It's like, you know, everybody's- I love them. (laughs) Yeah, I love the Doors as well. So who are your guitar? I mean, I know we've, we've covered Hendrix, but um, do you have, who are your other guitar influences, maybe current or even past? Oh boy. Well, one current one for sure is Jimmy James from the True Loves and the Del Valdemar organ trio. He's oh, from have, Seattle. Okay. He's oh, I've heard of the trio. Yes, I have heard of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah he's yeah. one of my favorites and he's also become one of my really good friends, but he's definitely my um, more recent influence. Okay. Um, but definitely, yeah, Hendrix, of course. Um, but you know, David Gilmour, just, I think the, the guitar solo in time is one of the best guitar ever. solos I've ever heard. <laughs> ever. You know, I was impressed with the world, Guitar World magazine because they did the like hundred greatest guitar solos of all time. David Gilmour's was number one. Uh, but he also had like a few, like three others and it was for his sort of lyrical singing, soaring leads, they weren't, you know, David Gilmore doesn't do shredder leads, yeah. uh, but all of his leads are a piece of music inside the already existing piece of music. But you know, if, if you can hum a guitar solo, then your work is done. That's the hallmark of a great guitar solo. And that's all Gilmore ever did. I, I, I thought, and for guitar world magazine to, to name him the top, I think it was, Maybe the comfortably numb solo was their mm, two, number one mm-hmm. guitar solo of all time, and it is the best solo of all so good. ever. And I was super impressed because I thought it was going to be like Steve Vai or Eddie Van Halen or somebody like that. Yeah. So I, I I I agree with you about Gilmore. Jesus Christ, Yowzas, you nailed it! Yeah. Like you nailed it exactly. And I wouldn't dare compare myself to David Gilmore because that influence is there. Sure. Um, because other people have told me like you make the guitar sing and i'm like yeah i because i i can't shred i physically cannot shred i'm not a technically great guitar player i play what i like i play what i think sounds really good i'm not done learning or anything you know i'm not stubborn in that way um but they're like it's it's singing it's got its own and i and i said in interviews like our song the key of black i'm like it's got its own lyrics you know like that's you know it's it's the singer of the song 
And um, that's what I love so much about David Gilmore. And you just took the freaking words out of my brain. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I've had a long time to think about this shit. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> I was like, well, wow. And, it's, and considering it's all I've ever thought about and all I do think about, <laughs> it's, it's that too. So as an adult, I'm pretty stunted, but I, I got this shit figured out or sort of. Uh, but Angus, <laughs> Young, Angus Young's the same way. I mean, in his own Angus Young major minor key, you know, pentatonic thing, it's, it's, you can hum his guitar solos. And I think staying away from shredding and sweeping arpeggios and stuff, who can hum that? Of course, you know, when you start <laughs> doing that, it is pretty much just to show that, Hey, I can do this. Now, if it does serve the song, if it's a really fast song, or it's thrash metal, whatever. Well, there's a way to, to, to sort of musically go in and out of that as well and go, Hey, I can do totally. this whole thing, but you could hum this thing that I'm doing as well. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I mean, I love like, I love Van Halen and stuff like that. But you can um, hum his solos. You can hum That's them. true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. It's, and some of them just like, yeah, shred. I don't even want to think <laughs> about what's going on. I just right. finished working. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, but I absolutely agree with you. My goodness. <laughs> You've articulated the way I've been trying to figure out how to articulate for like 15 years. <laughs> Good. I'm glad I could help. Um, but what I was going to say is it looks like maybe your love of Hendrix also influenced your and Gilmore influenced your gear choices? Are you a, like a Fender person? Oh, yeah. Um, I definitely, I still use the same guitar I bought when I was 17. I, oh, brought, I bought it with my own money after a summer job. And I was like, I'm going to get a guitar like Hendrix because I have to. There's no other guitar I could play. Um, you know, still very inexperienced, but was like, I can't play any other guitar. Uh, but fell in love with Fender and have been in love with Fender ever since. So, yeah, yeah. I play my, my Stratocaster, my cream white Stratocaster. And I named it Ruth, which was my grandmother's middle name. Oh, Her first so name was Eva. And I was like, I can't name it that. People are going to think of me and my <laughs> fucking guitar after myself. So I used her middle name. (laughs) That's so cool. I noticed it also has the humbucker in the bridge position. So that that gives you tonality of of, of different sort of tonal landscape, which is good. Yeah. That's good. Oh, yeah. Um, So amp-wise, are you Fender amps? Are you Marshalls? What are you doing? Um, I like Fender amps. I don't actually use them very much, not because I don't want to. I just – I'm really cheap, and so usually I, if I find a deal first, I just kind of get an amp. I actually just purchased, I think it's Fender, my first ever Fender yeah. one. I think I'm taking on tour. I think. I have to look at it now. But um, I usually use, I've been using an orange Tiny oh, yeah. Terror, and I've been connecting it to my speakers, like some vintage 70s rare speaker that someone just made me hip to that I'm like, well, shit, now I can't use it anymore because I'm afraid I'm going to destroy it. Um, but the speaker was, you know, I bought it used and it's, I don't know, it's a gajillion years old and, uh, someone just got me hip to how rare it is. So, so I got to change it's that your, up. It's your cabinet. So is it, yeah. uh, do you know how many speakers are inside the cabinet? Or just it one. Just, it's just one. So it's like yeah, a 112. Yeah, it's just one. Oh, it's wow. from like the seventies or something. And a few different sound guys were like, that's cool. And I was like, don't tell me that. Yeah, now I'm right? scared. I'm going to, something now is going to go wrong because yeah. you're telling me it's special. <laughs> well, I wish I could see it. I want to now. I want to look at all your videos and find out what it is. Uh, but the orange tiny terrors, those are good amps. The orange stuff is really good. Uh, so, are you are you pedals? Yeah. So I do. Um, it's it's really minimum. So I I I want to be vulnerable with sure. my guitar playing. So I don't. Uh, not that I'm against a bunch of really cool effects, um, but I'm just kind of like I like. I play rock and roll music, you know, mm-hmm. so I don't need a whole lot of stuff going on. So I 
pretty much just have, I'll use the, I'll get the distortion sound out of the amp and then um, use my wah pedal okay. for solos. Sure. Uh, and then I got a reverb pedal. It's called a cathedral. Uh-huh. Um, and what I like, the sound I like to get out of the, the um, cathedral pedal is I was watching this open mic years ago and this guy was playing and I went up to him. I was like, you sound like you're playing in a tiled bathroom. And I love that sound. Yeah. How are you doing that? <laughs> How are you doing that? Yeah. So I went and got, and so I was looking for a pedal and so on. And I was like, I just need to sound like I'm playing in the bathroom. That's all. I need a bathroom sound. And a friend of mine who used to play in a band called the Voodoo's actually. So he helped me find this bathroom sound I was looking for. <laughs> I love and that bathroom sound. <laughs> yeah. And so if you want the right, for anyone listening, if you want the right bathroom sound, you got to imagine the tile bathroom where the sound just bounces off kind of quickly and it doesn't go too far. It's not like, wow. Right, it's like, right, right. Wah. Like, you know what I mean? Right. And so I got that sound with this cathedral pedal. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and it's not a very big bathroom. It's, well, it's yeah. not a very big bathroom. Right? It's not a very right, big right, bathroom. Right. It's Single. like a, yeah, yeah. I kind of emulated after my grandmother's bathroom yeah, okay. that I grew up in. So um, those are pretty – that and then the tuner the tuner pedal, my friend who helped me find the pedal, him and his wife gifted me, a, yeah, just like a tuner pedal. And then I just started incorporating an OCD pedal because oh, – yeah. um, when I I realize when I have to do shows and they're like, hey, can you use our backline? I'm like, oh, and then there's no distortion. Uh, I started yeah. incorporating an OCD pedal so I can just bring pedals and use whatever app I need. The to OCDs use. are great. I love the OCDs. I like them. And I have yeah. OCD, dude. So that was and like kind of how I picked it because I don't know shit about pedals. But I was like, oh, I got that disorder. I'm going <laughs> to see what the fuck that sounds like. And it works awesome. We, s- we smell our own, my friend. I, I share <laughs> that particular disorder with you. Um, ah. And the Electroharmonics Cathedral, correct? It's the Electroharmonics. Yes. Make the yeah. Ass. Okay. Yeah. That's it. And it's so, like blue and purple. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. The Electroharmonics is good stuff. So your crybabies are just a regular Jim Donlop crybaby? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Jim Dunlop, the reason I ask is because Jim Dunlop and MXR sponsor our show. So oh, shout, shouts out. Um, well, good. Okay. Well, that's a simple pedal board, a pedal board. And that's, that's all it's you need. Simple. A reverb, a boost, a crybaby, a tuner. You're, I you're, mean, my friend gifted me a pedal board and yeah. I, I, I thought I would fill it up. And I was like, I have not filled this up yet. He gave it to me like four years ago. And I was like, I still don't use it. You don't need much more. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, I don't have much more for even for what I do. I have, a very simple small pedal board. You know, uh, I like r- looking up other like guitar players' pedal boards. And like Zach Wilde, same thing, four pedals in front of him. Ingve Malmsteen has like five pedals in front of him. You know, um, Tom Morello, he has he has a few, but it's the the pedal board and the pedals that he bought in high school. And mm. he has his his guitar, his pedal board, his amp, the same stuff he used back then. And he was like, he just stopped. He's like, I'm gonna make everything happen with this this rig and he reinvented guitar player so yeah i think it's the player i think it's the player because sometimes i feel stuff. stupid i'm like i walk in i'm like oh look at these guys with all these like mm-hmm. stuff i need to like up my game but then i'm like but i also really like myself. You like what you do because you know <laughs> i mean we're you we're also usually using like 20 percent of what any pedal can do mm. so you know 
I'm a big proponent and fan of like, well, let's just explore what I have and see what else I can do. That's a good point. With right with that. And people try to talk me into more shit all the time. Um, and 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 ostensibly, if I went to different shit for what we do on the, the it probably would be easier. And I just like my sort of Luddite Cro-Magnon approach to things. But anyway, um, and so do you have a backup guitar? Is it just the Strat? For tour, I'll be a little bit more prepared because Mike McCready uh, is in like, you know, tour dad mode and I love it. And he's giving me all the stuff to take with me. And so I'll have a Fender amp and I think he's going to loan me another Fender. He goes, take another, you need another guitar. He knows this is my first tour too. He goes, I have a bunch of strings for you. Well, I don't, really, <laughs> I don't change strings that often, as often as I should. Um, but I'm starting to do like, because I like what he does. He's like, rubbing his guitar on stuff and he's like just and so i'm starting to do that more because i'm like oh mike is so cool i want to do that and it's a good thing he's giving me all these strings because i'm going to destroy this thing what a what a guitar <laughs> hero that guy is i don't know him personally i'd love to meet him i love that band i love him as a player uh yeah and he's what very a- supportive of the local musicians up here and i really appreciate him and like i said he's sending me out on tour with like extra gear just in case anything happens. And it's wow. just been very supportive. That's the real um, guy, you know? That's the yeah. real deal. Somebody that uses their powers for good and not evil. Yeah. And I'm for, like, I want to be like that, like yeah. successful and a nice person. Exactly. I mean, I feel like I got the nice person down already. Do. Do. <laughs> I'm still working on the, you know, making enough money, making music thing. But um, I'm like, I got half of it down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, and that that warms my heart, and I think for any musician, you know, quote unquote, using your powers for good is paying it forward, and is you got there to a certain extent yourself, and and you are this person that's known, and you're from from playing music and doing stuff, and to go back to the scene that birthed you essentially, and yeah. to give back and to help out, I, I just I love that. I love hearing that. There's a lot of that here in Seattle. Um, it's pretty great. Like we do this mashup concert every once in a while where we raise money for like musicians' healthcare. And like wow. these all-star musicians are like always saying yes and they collaborate with us. Like Dave Matthews has done it. Pearl Jam folks usually always do it. Um, some Soundgarden folks do it. Like it's pretty amazing. And they're just and, – and Ben Gibbard from Death Cab, I mean he was – he said this in an interview because like – our big newspaper did a whole story about like how we all the, the indies and the yeah. like the hall of famers are all like working together. And Ben Gibbard's like in Seattle, like, you know, you need to put your diva shit to the side. Like no one cares about that. Yeah, so yeah, we're yeah. all like in this to like make music and get along and help each other out. Yeah. And it's really been like that over here. When we went on our first, the first biggest tour we went on was our West Coast tour. We were gone for like a week. And like Matt Cameron like sends me a text. He goes, how's it going? I'm just thinking Amazing. of you guys. Are you doing okay? And I was like, yeah, we're doing good. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> well, you, know, you know, and there's no like, you know, there's nothing. It's not weird. It's not yeah. – um, I don't feel like a charity. Like there's just, hey, we're friends and we live in the city together and we all create. And that's what it is. It's so great. And I love that about Seattle. Well, for those guys, you know, they were just musicians playing in bands just like you. And then your city got signed, you know, the whole scene got signed. And, And as blowback from that, I was living in Dallas at the time. Entire cities got signed because of Seattle. Like my band got signed to a major label because every band in Dallas got signed to a major label. And so for those guys, that was a growing pain whiplash that sort of they probably never got over. And and I think that's what's beautiful about it. There are, those guys are some of the biggest rock stars in the world, but they still have time to text 
Ava Walker on her first van tour and go, hey, how you doing? Because he's still that guy in his head. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, Barrett Martin from Screaming Trees said the exact same thing. Because I was like, you guys are just so nice and so supportive. Like, why? <laughs> and Barrett's like, wow. Eva, we've all right. been there. We've all have been there. And, you know, you guys are next. You know, yeah. we want to help out. And it's just beautiful. And, gee, when you're like that with someone, it makes the next group of people want to do that for the next group of people. You know, like, I want to do that for other musicians and like i already you know with my radio show and the things that i do i'm like how can i how can i help or if we play big shows then i usually am finding an artist who i want to bring on stage and feature on a song does this affect like you want to keep doing that because like it's been done to you it's cyclical yeah yeah. exactly so not forgetting that you were that person yes we're too like we're stuck in this fucking corner of the country mm-hmm. where it's just like all right That's let's true. all just return to our corner That's and true. hang out <laughs> i've been playing there almost 30 years and it's always been great i always love playing there i always feel like at home there uh i love that place i really do uh so have you um on to to uh, back to the gear because I'm a dork. Have you ever lost anything that you lament that you wish like got stolen, got lost? You obviously still have your first guitar, which is great. But anything else? I feel like if I answer that, it might happen on tour. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it has not happened. Hasn't happened. Okay, knock wood. You know. Yeah, you I mean, that. you know, like a power supply here and there that doesn't really count. Um, but no, and I'm really. Um, I don't know. Are we allowed to say anal anymore? I'm really, is that, Absolutely. is that, go for it. we are. Okay. Okay. I wasn't, I didn't, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I'm like super anal. I'm like checking things and keeping my yeah. eye on everything. And I bring my guitar with me everywhere. That's if we're good. sitting in a restaurant, like, well, the guitar needs a chair. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, I, I, I'm very possessive about the gear and keeping an eye That'll on it. Yeah. On our West coast tour, I was like, Hey guys, this is our first like big tour for us. This is gonna suck, but every night we have to haul this shit out of the van and bring it into the hotel room. And we're yeah. gonna do the exact same thing on this big tour. Like it's gonna suck, but we're gonna be really happy that nothing's missing. Yeah. And also I'm gonna have some of Mike's shit. Like we gotta make sure we don't have any of this stuff go missing. So yeah. that's a great policy. I mean, <laughs> I, I a lot of bands I've been have had that policy. You know, sometimes there's the old, you back the trailer up against a wall. Like if you find a wall, like, you know, where a dumpster enclosure or whatever, and then take the trailer off and then back the van up, butt it up to the trailer. There's always that. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah, there's that. Um, Again, you know, fucking long time doing it. But (laughs) so, so I would guess you'd probably say the most thing you're looking forward to right now is, is getting out on tour and doing your thing, right? Yeah, traveling and playing in different places to see how else people outside of the Northwest and California will respond to this. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> you going know? on a great tour and a bunch of great yeah. folks. That's going to be so much fun. Um, is there anything else after that? Anything plans? Any any releases coming out? Um, we are definitely re- you know going to be recording some music. It's one of those things where we'll probably be putting out some singles here okay. and there. But I'm really... Uh, I'm not fast with albums. I'm kind of like, it's got to make sense before I put a whole album out. Like I got to really, you know, like you can write a bunch of chapters of a book, but just because you got a bunch of different chapters written, you're not just going to be like, well, okay, here's a book. Like it's got like the book's got to make sense. The album's got to make sense. So there'll be more singles before I don't, 
when people ask me when the next album's coming out, I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There'll be yeah. music, but I don't know when the next album's coming out. That's a um, good idea. That's a good good answer, actually. Um, and and who who puts your records out? Do you guys self release? Who who puts your stuff out? Um, we we've only we have one debut record, and okay. we put that out. That's you know one full length, and we put that out independently. Um, our record Cobain and Cornbread, and then we've had two seven inches. One released through Mike McCready. Uh, oh, wow. Called the the devil and his grandmother. I named that after a grim fairy tale. That's and awesome. then uh, the second one was the sub pop. The most recent one was the sub pop uh, release for the Singles Club, awesome. which is the end of everything. Yeah, awesome. awesome. I love the yeah. that Co- Cobain and Cornbread. That that's hysterical. Oh man, when people would ask us like, "What do you guys sound?" You know this question. What's your sound? What's your band sound like? And, oh. We're like, I don't know, we're like a combination of Kurt Cobain and Cornbread. <laughs> because we were, me and my siblings were first generation Seattleites, but right. my mom and everyone's from Louisiana, so we had a lot of Southern influence too. So I was just like, we I were think, like wearing I think I think flannel while eating gumbo and headbanging, eating red beans and rice. Right. Like, uh, it's really the best of both worlds because uh, the Northwest is gorgeous. Southerners are better cooks. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was real spoiled and, and, in that sense. <laughs> and your your weather is, your weather is also. I don't know. I mean, it, rainy and and overcast and stuff. But at least with the summers, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, I'm born and raised in Texas, and I still live here. And every summer, I'm like, why the fuck do I live here? But anyway. <laughs> Anyway, well, Eva, it was so nice meeting you. I always like meeting new friends. Yeah, and, so nice uh, to meet you, Zach. Let's stay in touch so I can pick your brain. Hey, I, <laughs> you know what? We'll exchange numbers, and you, anytime Hell you want to yeah, reach out, will. anytime, anything I can do to help, I would love to. You're a vivacious, outgoing, energetic person, and I, 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 like I said, we smell our own, you know, and I, I right. love that. I love that. Thanks, so, man. Please hit me up anytime. Um, Absolutely. And guys, pick up anything you see by the Black Tones. That's so awesome. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Eva. We'll talk to you soon. Yes. Isn't she great? I'm so glad we did that. I'm so glad I met her. I can't wait to go see them play. And I will. So you should go out and check it out for yourself. Go see them. Go see them play. Pick up their stuff. Buy their singles. You hear that they have one one on uh, Sub Pop. They have one on Mike McCready's label. They have stuff out there. Buy it. Do yourself and do her a favor. Here at the end, I'm going to thank the lovely folks at MXR and Jen Dunlop for sponsoring us. Uh, As always, thank those guys. We love them. And we're so lucky to have them on board. Check out their stuff at jimdunlop.com. And here at the end, I'm also going to leave you guys with a, a... prime example of Eva's wonderful guitar playing so you can hear it for yourself. This is going to be the song, The Key of Black. And it's basically just a lead guitar solo. You get to hear Eva doing what she does best. It's going to be a long lead guitar solo. And uh, here at the Antiheroes podcast, we love that sort of thing. So uh, get into it for yourself, man. Uh, So thanks. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.
We want us dead. 